Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. We're now in our series called Journey of the Redeemed. It's a study in the book of Luke, and as we explore the life of Jesus, we also examine our own journeys shaped by him. Okay, be honest. Are you guys thinking about lunch yet? It's okay. I'm always thinking about food. It's fine. I get it. I get it. So it's Easter and a big part of holidays is meals, right? And probably the most memorable meals you have, it's probably not just the food you ate, but where you were, the ambiance, right? The people you were with, the conversations that you had. Well, so this week, my mind's been dead set on the resurrection. And so I keep thinking about this one particular meal that I had back in 2005. We were in, we had gone to Israel and there was a group of about 30 of us. And this particular meal, we had so many meals together, but this one happened on the Sea of Galilee. This is a photo that Steve took on our old school camera. And let's get our bearings though, because I want us to know like where the Sea of Galilee is. And we got a map. So here, Here's Israel and its location in the Middle East. Google Maps, thank you. And then we are going to zoom in and you'll see some bodies of water. We've got the Dead Sea, the Jordan River, the Mediterranean. Now you see the Sea of Galilee there at the top. So that region, all around that region, that is where Jesus and the disciples have been. And all these stories in Luke that we have been reading these past few weeks. And now you can see where Jerusalem is. That is where Jesus had, that was his goal to travel there. That's where Palm Sunday happened. That's where the Last Supper and the cross, all that's in Jerusalem, right? So, but by the top, the Sea of Galilee, our group ate at a really nice restaurant. And you know, when in Galilee, eat like Galilee. And so they encouraged us, try the fish, right? Well, none of us really knew that all of the fish dishes were rather true to form it was my first meal I've ever had where the meal was making eye contact with me. I did not like it, okay? So here's a couple of pictures of some friends of mine and their reactions. People were excited. Some people were nervous. Other people were playing with their food. But it was definitely a memorable experience. Sorry for those vegetarians in the crowd. I get it. I, I didn't eat a lot of meat after this. But the interesting part is that there in the Sea of Galilee, it's, it's a real place, and we got to experience the real feeling. And in fact, this is an example of a boat that was still a working boat in Galilee when we visited. So people still make their living on the sea. It's still their survival. It is still providing for them. And it's just really interesting that to look at and realize that these stories that happen in the Bible, they're real places. They were real people. And like most historians would agree that there was a real Jesus who lived and ha- moved and had his being around the Sea of Galilee. And then he died a public death on the cross in Jerusalem. And we believe he rose again. Now, you might be wondering, there's a lot of talk about fish. This Sunday of all Sundays, we're supposed to talk about an empty tomb, right? It's coming. Don't worry. But there is a fish in the story. It's an Easter fish. That's what I'm calling it, an Easter fish. It'll, it'll, it'll pick up, right? I can start a trend. Hold that thought. We'll get there in a minute. 
We have been on a journey of the redeemed for many weeks, many months now. We have been reading through the whole book of Luke. We have started from before Jesus was ever born, and now here we're at the end of his time on earth. And last week, we got to a breaking point, and Jesus died on a cross. The type of punishment that was saved for the most guilty of criminals. And we know Jesus was innocent. But the religious leaders who had falsely accused him and encouraged capital punishment, maybe they felt like they won. And the Romans, who were in charge of placing him on the cross, they enacted his death. But Jesus was ready for it to happen all along. Because the cross, it was capital punishment for the Romans, but this cross was meant by God for our redemption. So Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice to pay the price for every sin that came before, every sin that will come since for all of humanity. So last week, we approached that reading of the cross in a very solemn time. We spent it like a funeral. But today... Death has been defeated, and today is a day for celebration. So let's go to that empty tomb. I'm going to read for us from Luke 24 today, and I'll begin verses 1 through 8. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, he must be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then... They remembered his words. Very early in the morning, it said, you know some churches have sunrise services? Sorry, Echo. This pastor is a night owl. (laughs) But hey, it's 11 o'clock. He's still alive. I think we're good, right? Right? Okay. But these women, these were awesome morning people. And they had been prepared. If you recall, in Luke 23, when Jesus died, It wasn't yet evening, and the women were trying to get all the work done. They really wanted to take care of Jesus. They wanted to care for his body, and it took a lot of planning and effort in this day to care for a dead body. So they did all they could until sundown because they were respecting the Sabbath. And so they waited, and they waited all of Saturday. And as soon as the light dawned on Sunday morning, they headed out. Now remember also that these were women, it said, who came from Galilee with Jesus. So again, our map. So from the Sea of Galilee, Jesus and his entourage, all of his followers, his core people, headed to Jerusalem together. There was this long journey they had, stopping places, teaching places. And these women were part of that ministry. And in fact, they are the ones who it says in Luke 8, we read about them, they supported Jesus with their own money so that his ministry could continue. And that is the group that's here showing up at the tomb. The two men, clothed in gleaming clothes, that's our clue that they are angels. And their words were important. They said, remember what Jesus told you. 
This is further evidence that the women, they were disciples too. They were learning alongside the others, alongside the 12 apostles. And they had been taught these things, these verses, the scriptures that the angels reminded them to say the Messiah would be delivered over, that he would die, that on the third day be raised again. But you know, sometimes it takes a little bit to click, right? Being, they were valued and entrusted by this religious leader. They were, they, they were the first people to glimpse a sign of new life. But what gives me hope is the fact that they were so close to him, right? That they'd heard the words and they had walked the walk with him and they still didn't get it. Why does that give me hope? Because life is like that for a lot of us, right? You hear something, I don't always know how it applies. Or people talk about faith. People talk about faith. It just kind of hovers. But one day, something clicks. And it took a reminder for comprehension of the resurrection to dawn on them. And I need reminders sometimes too. Let's keep reading. What did the women do next? When they came back from the tomb, they told all of these things to the 11, the 11 apostles, and to all the others. So we can imagine there's a group of Jesus followers gathered in a house somewhere. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Peter, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Now, in this day, in this culture at large, women's testimony was not even allowed in a trial because they were not seen as credible witnesses. It's a little disappointing. But here, these are their friends. Like, like they have to believe them, right? Like, they've all been together for all this time. It's not just strangers who were talking to them. But yet, it was just so beyond their comprehension that they just couldn't believe it. It seemed like nonsense. Maybe they just imagined it because they hoped so much. And sometimes when we've heard this story for a lot of us, for many times, it can be hard to recall just how surreal this moment was. Because no one, no one expected Jesus to be alive again. I mean, Jesus talked about resurrection, right? But there was a thought, a Jewish understanding that yes, someday, in the future, in the afterlife, we would have resurrection and life again. That the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, would arise. That martyrs who died for their faith would get new life. But this, this was different. A physical body? No, those stayed dead. No one was expecting Jesus to die on a Friday, and by the end of the weekend, be a body again. Now, remember the things that we've talked about in Luke thus far. People had expectations on Jesus, right? They called him the Messiah, which meant the king, the Jewish king. But what they were wanting was a revolutionary. They were like, we want Rome gone. We want control of our own destiny. And you seem the guy to do it. So how disappointing would it have been that their Jewish king gets killed on a Roman cross 
seems like utter defeat. And even though these followers of Jesus, these disciples, these close, they've been mentored by him, even though they might have figured it out that he was not a political hero here, they still had to be disappointed when he died. Maybe they felt like, like redemption had died along with them, that whole hope of it. They didn't realize that the cross was the redemption. Because to bring new life, Jesus had to fulfill God's law and experience death. Even Jesus' followers assumed death had won. And they, they, just, they were just afraid now, huddled together, listening for any sound outside the door, wondering what was next for them. Let's keep reading. Later in that day, as they're gathered together, we are down in verse 36 of Luke 24. While they were still talking, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why did doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones. As you see, I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. What's Jesus up to, guys? He's eating again. My favorite thing. I still love this. Throughout the book of Luke, we keep reading that Jesus likes to eat. He hangs out with people. He eats at tables. And with some people he's hanging out with, people are like, those are sinners. They're labeled the outcasts of the community. At other times, we saw him eating with the religious elite who had power and status. Both ends of the spectrum. Jesus was eating with everybody. I love it. And then also, Jesus planned for a dining experience. Do you remember the Last Supper? And Jesus has said, go, secure a room for us. I've already called ahead. Like Jesus thought about food and he thought about the fact that he could have conversations around food. So Jesus is showing up and his followers are like, are you a ghost? And he's like, nope, look, hands, feet. But they're still, it says they're so filled with joy and amazement. They're kind of just dazed, dazed and amazed. And still not getting it. So I feel like Jesus has a little twinkle in his eye where he's like, here, hand me some food. What you got? Like, if I'm a ghost, it would fall right through my essence. Let's eat together and then you will see. And I wonder if it was kind of like a sensory memory. They're all gathered at the table again. And maybe that's the moment that the disciples were like, oh, I recognize him. That's our rabbi. Loves him some foods. We've tabled with him before. Yes, this is him. It's real. It's actually real. And because all these friends were hanging out and they're from the Sea of Galilee, right? And some of them are former fishermen. What are they eating? Fish. It's our Easter fish, guys. I told you it would show up. Now, I don't know the kind of meals that you have planned today. I typically hear people have Easter ham, and I'm not really sure where that came from. Lamb, yeah, I can get that. Hey, there's Easter bunnies and Easter eggs that are made of delicious chocolate. There's even those strange Easter peeps. 
I don't know what that's about. But if you want to get truly biblical, I say, thinking you need some Easter fish. Or if you don't eat fish, maybe at least some seaweed. Get some lake on your plate. That's what I'm saying, guys. Well, the food has come out, and Jesus is like, he doesn't just eat. He likes to chat, too. So, resurrected Jesus, same plan. He likes to talk and eat. So let's check out the table talk. Verse 44 says, He said to them, This is what I told you when I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms. That's all those books we know as the Old Testament. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer, rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. That's the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city till you've been clothed with power from on high. More spirit talk. Now what gives me hope is that these friends, just like the women at the tomb, they had heard the women's testimony. They had studied scripture all their whole lives. And they listened to Jesus' words. And now Jesus is right in front of them. But still, it took like a conversation to suddenly understand, to have more comprehension about the resurrection, right? Jesus had to explain it. Why does this give me hope? Because that's life for all of us, right? Sometimes we just don't get it. So if they didn't get it right away, it means I don't have to get it right away either. And even sometimes when people talk about faith, and they talk about faith, and it just hovers, one day it clicks. Just got to wait for it. Verse 50. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, Jesus lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And we know from some other books of the Bible that this happened some days later. But just wants to see the end of the story. And the same author of the book of Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And the story continues there. You see what the disciples did. How they became leaders of this movement we call the church. And for now, just know that they had some great moments. They had some great challenges. And they brought people together in community to worship Jesus. So, let's recap. From the followers of Jesus, we've got the women at the tomb we've met today. We have the 12 apostles, minus Judas now. We have some other people who just, they're just learning, they're loving Jesus. And they spent some deep grief from Friday night through all of Saturday. Their beloved mentor had died. All the hopes they had for their future just fell apart. They were heartbroken. And you know what? When we're in grief, it's like a fog, right? It just envelops us, and we just can't see our way forward. And you know what? Like fog, even when the sun comes out, it doesn't immediately disappear, does it? It's like it slowly, slowly lifts until the way is clear again. And I just see that. It's like Jesus' followers, they had to take some deep breaths. 
They had to wipe away some tears before they could just look at who was standing in front of them, before they could hold on to that joy. And it took courage for them. It took courage for them to believe that this new life was real. It took courage to believe that this new life was for them. You know, Jesus had patience for that, right? That's why he sat down and had a meal. He knew it would take a little time, bite by bite. Just kept talking to him. It's like, it's okay. They were dazed, but slowly the fog lifted. They could begin to step out of that grief and hold on to new life. You know what? That's offered for us today. There has been some tragedy we've been through. Have you felt that? It makes you just want to close everybody off and put up barriers and just hold tight so you don't get hurt anymore. We've experienced some trauma to our souls. That's hard. It's hard to recover from. It's not going to happen in a moment. We're in a fog. And when the light shines, it's disorienting. It's not something we just can grasp at first. But slowly, Jesus is patient with us. He He just shows up. He just lets us take our time and at our pace, figure it out. We may not be ready yet to believe that Jesus is real or safe or trustworthy, but we can. He cares about us. He has patience for us. And he just says, like, that's fine. If you can do nothing else, come to a meal with me. Like, have a delicious Easter feast with me. Enjoy the company. Have some conversation. That's fine. That's, That's a great first step. If you recall, you were handed something. On your way in, do you have a fish? I want us to think about this fish today because it's just something different. It's just a different way to look at the resurrection through an Easter fish. You can look at it this week. You don't have to keep it forever, but maybe just set it somewhere you'll see. Just a few days this week. Just think about, think about the humor of Jesus. Like, give me some, you know, let me eat. Let me show you I'm not a ghost with a twinkle in his eye. You can also think about it as, That's an invitation. It's an invitation to a meal with Jesus, to sit down at his table. The living Jesus invites you to the table. He invites you to new life. All of us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we are on our journey of faith. If we're struggling, if we're wondering, if we just can't trust yet, it's okay. We're invited to just come. Just come. Jesus is always up for a dinner party. He's always hanging out with interesting people. And I think he's got pretty good food. So, remember your invitation. Every week, every week in this series, we have looked at the Bible and wondered, how is it applying to our lives? We say on this journey, how do we live as the redeemed people of Jesus? And today, I think the challenge is just, Go sit at the table. You know, Jesus is inviting us. If you're going, I'm going to go. We'll know at least one person together. But let's go. Let's go to the table and accept Jesus' invitation. Now, it'd be really mean of me to talk about food all this time and not eat, right? So we're going to have a bite together. Just a bite. Every week, we actually have communion here at Echo. If this is your first time, just we do this every week. Now, we don't always do it the same way. Last week, 
Like I said, we were very in funeral mode. We were very solemn and somber. But, but today I wanted to be just enjoyable, communal. So we're going to have two friends stand down here at either side. We've got a tray, and it's got some cups of juice, and it's got some pieces of bread. And I want you to come down, and you can come with your friends, with your family. You can talk on your way. Dylan's going to play some upbeat music. And we just want you to, to take it and head back to your seat. Because we are going to eat it together, all right? So just come grab it, and I'll be back, and we'll talk next. If you're joining us online, please go get some bread, some crackers, juice, or wine, whatever you got. Come join us. Thanks for doing some things a little differently with us today. Our bread was made by one of our very own family members, Burke Schartzis. We're so grateful he's been making this bread for us. Now, a few things that we can think about this morning. We can think about different things when we take communion together. But today, we can remember our Jewish, the Jewish ancestors would think about Passover, right? And how God passed over and they were rescued from slavery. They have freedom. When Jesus ate, he was like, think about my body. And today, this bread has some yeast. It's risen. So we're going to think about Jesus, the risen Savior, just with eyes open and lifted up, we'll just say, God, thank you for giving us life. Let's eat. My hands are a little sticky from my cup. But just as Jesus ate, he also drank with his meal. Yeah, fermented, none. You can, you can decide. But Jesus, he loved to eat and he'd drink. And at a Passover, they would think about the, the wine would... It would be like the blood of the lamb on the door frames so that the Hebrew people were rescued from death. And Jesus says, I'm going to rescue from death, so remember me with my blood. But now today, we discovered he wasn't a ghost. He was alive again. He had blood back in his veins. So we are going to think about this cup as life. And there's a great Jewish toast to life. L'chaim. So can you say it with me? I'm going to say, L'chaim. Let's try it again. L'chaim. Let's drink. All right. Thank you for being joyful today. Thank you for enjoying the whole family of Echo, the littlest to the tallest. We thank you all for being here today. If you want to talk about anything, want to pray together, need something, got questions, come connect with us anytime, anytime. But happy Easter. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.